Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. from officially welcome you guys and gals out to another live Q&A of yours, truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well on this Tuesday. You're watching me for the very first time. My name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. If you're a person that's been rocking with me for a while, whether it's been 12 years, four years, 20 days, two seconds ago that you subscribe, I want to say thank you so much for subscribing and being a part of my, of my online community here. And for those who are new or barely new, um, this is my live Q&A segment. If you got any questions, feel free to post them. Um, and uh, make sure you subscribe, man, because no man, no woman knows the hour when I'm going to do this live Q&A. And so if you feel um, this is good means and a good avenue for help you grow, I hope you enjoy it. And um, let's get right to the chat box. Let's see who's here. And also, the timestamps to every question is in the comment section below. So if you want to know the answers to specific questions, or if it's your question, you can always find them in the comment section. What's up, favorite one? What's going on? Michelle Miller, what's going on? What's up, Melina? Nick Antoine, what's up, fam? Yvonne, what's going on? Sassy Saint, hey, hey, hey. Chrissy Mart Martini, what's going on? Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. Hey, what's up, Charlene? What's up, Lizzie Lewis? Hope y'all doing well. I love these live Q&As. I know I'm a little bit late today, but... Coach had a good one of them good naps. You know what I'm saying? One of them good, good naps. Uh, but for those who's watching on YouTube later, on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for listening and watching on those avenues. And I just want to say thank you. But, oh, we got a question already. Shiro says, hey, Coach, watching from Sweden. What's up, Sweet? Oh, yeah, you always watching. I stopped fornicating with my baby's father last year, and I have been doing so good abstaining from it and never think about him like that anymore. But yesterday we, okay, let me see what else you got. But yesterday we fornicated and I feel so bad. Maybe the soul ties bonded again. Uh, great question. Let me make sure I read it again so I can get all the layers. Hey, coach, watching from Sweden. See, I stopped fornicating with my baby's father last year and I have been doing so good abstaining from it. And I never think about him like that anymore. But yesterday uh, we fornicated and I feel so bad. Maybe the soul ties bonded again. Yeah. Um, anytime you do anything significant, especially with the body, um, uh, uh, new ties are birth, um, and the enemy uses those opportunities to kind of rekindle old uh, ties as well as birth new ones. See, um, uh, everything about who I was and who I am, I'm not, a, I'm not completely, I don't live my life completely unaware of the demonic's opportunities and tactics to try to get me to fall in past sins. And so what will help you going forward is to realize that you're never safe. Um, you're never, what I mean by never safe, you're never at a place where you've made it because at any given moment, especially with everything that's going on in our world today, quarantine and chill and, and, and uh, maybe your heart was gripped by fear. Uh, maybe you was looking for a familiar place of comfort and any person that you had a significant moment with that significant individual will always be at least an, a, a person that the enemy will endeavor to use to try to get you down the road and never feel that because you haven't had feelings for a person in a matter of time doesn't mean the enemy won't try to bring them down the future. Oftentimes, a great demonic tactic against us is times of ease, times of peace, times of, of, of comfortability, meaning that we get so comfortable of not having to worry about a person that we had uh, issues with or significant moments with because he knows that, that that hunger, that focus, that discernment, that watching and praying has wane because now the human uh, mind begins to feel comfortable in themselves and thinking that they're able to withstand such thing. But you cannot go a day without watching and praying. The Bible says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. You have to always be on guard for against things that you was once familiar 
familiar with that makes you fall, that, that has you been used to have you fall into sin. Now, how to overcome that soul tie now? Now you have to forgive yourself. First off, God still, God chose you weeks, months, years before you even fell into this situation yesterday. So you have to forgive yourself. I want you to write down the facts of who you are in Christ. I want you to look up scriptures and meditate on God's love for you and the beauty uh, that comes with repentance. All you have to do is repent. Do not allow what happened yesterday to make you feel condemned about what about who you are to God. No sin that a believer does uh, uh, catches God off guard, number one, and should make you question who you are to him. Just like with your children. If your child makes a mistake, that's your child. You still going to love them. Now, you may do some things that that disciplines them and, and, and guides them down the right path, but you will never lose your love for them. And if we being, uh, uh, I won't say evil, but we being evil, we being humans would do such a thing with our own children. What about God? That doesn't give us license to sin. It should inspire us to sin less, knowing that God's love is so powerful that it doesn't matter what mistake I make. The fact that I feel bad about it, the fact that I feel like I wronged God is 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 evidence that that you love him and that you care. Now what you do with that emotion is important. What you need to do now is focus on who you are in Christ, forgive yourself, and now you got to reassess your boundaries. What whatever boundaries you had did not work. Now you assess how you fell in that situation. You assess what were my emotions? What were my thought processes? Was I in my spiritual discipline leading up to this point? What caused me to wane off my spiritual discipline at this point? What did I do um, that 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 I did um, that that had me fall? Uh, um, um, and, and assess what happened and the Holy Spirit will help you support, set up new system that will support you going forward. But it's a daily awareness that you are incapable of, of being completely sustained on your own. Every day you need God. Every day you need to guard yourself on that. And, and, and assessing is key. When you assess what you did in God's grace, it gives you the ability to go forward with, with, with compassion and with fervor because you know God loves you. And you don't have to worry about, man, okay, God doesn't love me anymore. I fail and, and whatever. Now, <clears throat> you, have to, you have to really be on guard, my friend. Um, because now your uh, your baby's father uh, thinks that he can be able to come back in that garden again. And so you have to forgive yourself, forgive him, reassess, uh, uh, deepen your understanding about who you are in Christ and go forward in fervency and go forward in discernment so you don't fall in that trap again. And so uh, well, make sure um, if you can get this book on how the purpose of freedom how to untie soul ties and break uh and uh break strongholds um email me go to uh, my website iamunplugged.com i'll give you the free i give you a pdf copy of that book because i know right now anyone who emails me at this point with the next uh few days or so you can i'll i'll put a link on my website we can download that soul ties book for free and so that you'll be able to start the process of understanding soul ties how they work and how to break them and 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 go forward in christ so I am unplugged.com. Go to the con contact section, email me. I'll put that PDF copy there for you. But don't feel, don't, don't allow condemnation to corrode and destroy you mentally. Go back to God. God's got you. 
Favorite one says, Coach, can you give tips on dealing with fear in this hour? No, no problem. I got you. Uh, first off, the Holy the Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, the Bible also warned that in these days that you will face trials and tribulation, be of good cheer, he has overcome the world. And the Bible also said that a thousand may fall at your left, ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Um, that he, the Bible also said he gives his angels charge over you. Um, as long as you have an assignment, there's nothing to worry about. See, I'm not worried about this because I was called for this season. I have a purpose in this season. And 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 fear paralyzes. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world today. This is not your home. You're connected to a higher kingdom, connect to a higher source. And the same God that provided uh, biscuits and, and sandwiches for Elijah through ravens, the same God that <clears throat> provided for his people in the old times, doesn't mean that he has stopped providing for us. We just have to really assess, utilize this season to really look at ourselves and really say, I ain't ready. I wasn't ready for this. And that's okay because I don't really believe this is the big one. I think this is a test run. And, and I think that now God is allowing this to open up the hearts and minds of people to, to take to take this life a little bit more seriously, to get in his will. And because the grace, the will of God won't lead you where his grace won't keep you. And, and that God is not sh shaken by this. And so if you're moved, then you have to ask yourself, have I moved from my root system in God? So the best way to overcome fear in this situation is to increase your faithfulness in God, increase your focus in the things of God. Because because Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. If you walk in by sight, fear grows. You walk by faith, uh, joy grows because you count it all joy, knowing that God is going to provide. Another thing to overcome fear, you have to, um, what's a good E? First, you have to continue your faithfulness and focus in God. Um, e, you have to, um, what can I say? Um, let's just forget it. Just basically stay focused on God, stay faithful, and 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 really uh, uh, engage the word of God, get in that word of God and find out what the word of God says about these times and what the word of God says about this and, and make adjustments in your life, adjustments in regards to uh, uh, your spiritual disciplines, your spiritual focus, adjustments in regards to um, building yourself up in your most holy faith so that you'll be able to endure um, um, the fear and are just realize who you are in him and know that you're safe. But but fear is paralyzes. Fear is fake. And don't get me wrong. It, these are times that will move that can kind of shake you. But when you refocus and get back in, in, in who you are in him and find your assignment, man, you good. I know I still got purpose, which means I still have life, which means it doesn't matter what goes around me. I'm OK. Uh, but there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, um. Uh, the Holy Spirit is still present. The Holy Spirit is still guiding and you good. Do not worry about what's going on in this world. Uh, uh, let, clean your life up. Get your mind right. Get focused uh, uh, because this is real. Most people have not been prepared for the end times, but this is real. This is go time. This is game time. We've been we've been in this war, but most people are just now waking up to the fact that we are in a war. So you got to you got to get focused and realize what this thing is really about so that you don't get distracted and, and fall into fear. Hope to help. Thank you for watching. Dina from Orlando, what's up? Kanisha, what's going on? Growing up with us. Hello, coach. Can a church weaken your spirit if they do not open the doors of the church? Hey, coach, can a church weaken your spirit if they do not open the doors? To the, um, you have to understand that the church at large doesn't take away um, you being a vessel. <clears throat> And, and who you are as far as being a part of the church outside of the four walls. Um, 
the church should not be your main source for spiritual strength. It shouldn't be. Whether the church is open or closed, that should not be your dominant source of strength. And that's why a lot of people have been set up to fall into fear, have been set up to fall into frustration, and they're not really uh, as folks they need to be because the church in regards to institution has been their source and not God. So when the doors close, all of a sudden, nobody knows how to read the Bible for themselves. People don't know how to uh, 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 practice spiritual disciplines daily because the church became the sole source. Never let an institutionalized or man-made thing be the sole source for your life. That means your job. That means your church. That means your mentor. Let no one be the sole source for your life but God. Because men, man-made things, institutionalized, th- make, institutionalized things will fail you. And a lot of people have been going to these cookie-cutter, fairy tale, sprinkled everywhere type of churches, and they haven't been strengthened for these times. And not only thing your pastor's doing is live stream and tell you, say, selling you the same old dream, giving you some, it's going to be okay message, but you haven't been equipped and they're waiting on you. They're waiting for the pandemic to go away so they can cause you to become their, their, uh, their puppets. And, and, that, and this, 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 this thing, um, that has been created as church has, is not the real church. Now what you do, you have to now get back to the fundamentals. You have to get back to the one that's actually able to build yourself up. And, and that's getting into your word for yourself. That's uh, uh, increasing your time in prayer. That's studying to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding who you are in Christ. These are the things that strengthens you, not the church. The church plays a part, but this 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 new wave of church is not supportive and will not sustain you. What you need to do go forward is understanding what are the fundamentals. The fundamentals are the word of God, praying, fasting, studying, uh, um, and and pursuing your purpose and and getting to know God for yourself. And like I always say, the best meals are cooked at home. The church is just like a restaurant. You can't you can't expect uh, um, to be fully uh, full of nutrients, new dirt uh, um, taken care of solely if that's your diet. You got to cook meals at home and know God for yourself. And so being being in the church system weakens you if that's your ultimate source of spiritual supply. But if God is who he is to you, you will be strengthened and you'll be able to go forward on your own. Hope to help. What's going on, Seth? Saying I am not doing your. I am now doing your World War Me, trying to stay focused. Keep going, Seth. Saying anytime you even get into spiritual warfare stuff, the enemy doesn't want you to know about him. Uh, uh, the Bible says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." Um, the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so he doesn't want you to know. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. And the more you begin to increase your intelligence about Satan's devices and how who you are in Christ and how you've overcome the world uh, uh, because of what Christ did, the enemy doesn't want you to stay focused on that because you're learning more about who you are in Christ and how to use your weaponry against his uh, tactics or demons tactics in your life at the moment. So keep going. When you find it the hardest to do anything, know it. Know that when you have the biggest resistance, the biggest resistance reveals to you that there's a great reward behind that resistance. Anytime you feel like it's hard to do anything, know that, that there is something invisible entities trying to keep you from your reward. Rosella says, hey, hello, coach. what's up, coach from Perth, Australia? Thank you for watching my Australia. God bless you, too. Thank you for watching. How do I break the tie? OK, Shara, I got you. How you break the tie? 
uh, first get the book because I go in great detail about breaking soul ties. But real quickly, how do you break a soul tie? Number one, you gotta you gotta uh, uh, find the source of the tie. What calls a tie? Most people think it's the action that calls the tie. No, it's the idolatry that calls the tie. Something deep inside you, whether it's idolatry or or a, 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 a fresh idol or an idol that has disappointed you somewhere down the road. Most of our decisions right now, especially when it comes to uh, doing stuff with people and and call and becoming emotionally meshed with individuals, boils down to some level of, of, of emotional instability, some level of emotional disappointment. And from that moment, we enter into different environments and those environments shape the way we think, shape the way we think, shape anything that shapes the way you think can shape the way, can shape your patterns, whatever. And if you shape your person's patterns, you can determine their consequences. So something happened at the conceptual stage of your life in the formative years, go all the way back to what conceived it because the conception would determine the climate that you was brought up in and the climate where to you what what has uh, caused you uh, to make certain choices and then certain choices produce certain consequences. In order to get rid of the symptoms of a thing, you got to get rid of the source of a thing. So the whole um, sleeping with somebody, doing all that stuff with people, that's just a symptom of a deeper issue. So you got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the source of why you are tied, the real root reason of why you are producing these certain actions, and then you have to repent from that. You have to confess that sin. Enemy, The enemy uh, has loopholes, loves to go through loopholes when it comes to what a believer knows in regards to their covenant with God. And when a person doesn't confess a sin, that root demon leaves a door open for other demons to come in a person's life. Because by, by legality, uh, if a person has not confessed that sin, if that person is still practicing that sin, even though their soul, even though their spirit is sealed by the spirit of God, there's still soul work to be done. See, when you're saved, your, your spirit man is sealed, right? But there's still sanctification goes into the soul. The soul is the core of a person. The spirit is the root, uh, is the uh, main part of a person, but the soul is the core. Your soul houses your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your will, your perspectives. It holds all of that. All of that has been uh, perverted over time. So even though your spirit man is sealed, you now have to submit your soul to the Holy Spirit so that he's able to clean every one of those layers. But he cannot clean any. Well, I'm not saying he can't. He can. But based upon our obedience and cooperation would then give him access to, 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 to bring you to a place of repentance, to renew your mind to the way Christ would think and, and, and help you. A process with a new perspective. So you got to go all the way to the beginning and find out what caused it. Could have been it. Could it could have been your dad and what your dad said or didn't say. What your mom said or didn't say. A, a, a boyfriend, a, a, an abuse at early ages will then reveal to you. The Holy Spirit will say, "Now forgive that person, repent from that sin, and forgive yourself." And because and then when you begin to get into the Holy Spirit's flow of forgiveness, then you will begin to uh, feel those areas uh, as your mind is renewed began to change and the symptoms of that tie that stronghold is then released it's important for you to understand the root and the source because if you find the conception then and then you gain clarity of who you are in christ clarity of how god is using that for your good then you will change the way you think you will change the way you act and then the consequences will fade out of your life because the more you know your worth in God and know who you are in him, the more you'll look at things for how they really are. Sin looks their best when you don't have a clear understanding of who you are in Christ. But when you begin to grow into maturity and know your worth, those things that were of value to you 
are now worthless. Then all of a sudden that tie is no longer there because your emotions and your soul is now submitted to the spirit of God. And those areas are have been cleaned out because your mind has been renewed. And then when you look at that, uh, your baby's father, you'll be able to see him the way God sees him. And then you have forgiveness in your heart, kindness in your heart, but most importantly, boundaries. And you have no desire for him because you know, you know, uh, uh, you have a better perspective on yourself and on life. Hope to help, but get the book and it'll go in detail how to break soul ties and strongholds. Hope that three or four minutes, five minutes was, uh, helped you. Uh, great questions, y'all. Simply Ina says, hello, coach. Do you believe in putting yourself out there to get noticed and host relationship? Now, I don't believe in that. I think that's, um, I think it's not wise. Uh, and, and, and hear my heart on this because God doesn't need your help in regards to, uh, uh, connecting you with the one that he has for you. Uh, we're, we're incapable. We are incapable of, 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 of doing relationship on our own relationship was never designed to be done without God. And the moment that you get into pride and start thinking that you could do it yourself, you're no longer given access to God to do what he has already designed and already has in purpose to do for you. And so when you make yourself available you're basically saying you lack trust in God. Anytime you do anything and, and you feel that you have to do it in your own strength, you will never be strengthened. But when you know that God's the source of your life, that he will supply all of your needs, including the relationship according to his riches and glory, riches and glory are very important. Um, God has God has your man. He knows who your man is. He knows who your wife is. He knows who your husband is. There's no lack of supply with God. So people get afraid like, but Josh, if I don't make myself available or Josh, dating the dating scene is horrible out here, Josh. Like, like, like there ain't nobody out there. Have you interviewed everybody? Do you know that there's no good man out there? Uh, Elijah said the same thing. He was weeping under the tree talking about God, all this kind of stuff. And God was like, man, I got 5,000 other men who haven't bowed down to bail. So don't never act as if there's a lack of supply. God has a lot of supply out there because the world is massive. There's 7 billion people in the world. And just because the guys around you or the girls around you are toxic mentally doesn't mean everybody is. Generalization is what gets people, uh, 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 lacks, uh, help hinders people from growing their faith in God in regards to relationship because they start generalizing and then they start getting into anxiety and fear and they feel like I gotta, go, I gotta go make this happen. You don't have to go make it happen because God knows how to match make everything and uh, who you need. And so what I would do is recognize the one that notices you and that's God. Get to know him and trust him with that because I promise you as a married man now who has married the one I am completely 100% uh, 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 sure that God has for me. Oh, it's so much peace on this end because I know God did it. It doesn't matter what arguments we get into. It doesn't matter what comes our way. I know this is the person God has confirmed to me. It doesn't matter what woman comes my way. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I know this of God because God put her in my life and I'm 100% sure. Now, imagine being in a relationship with someone that you was drawn to, you made yourself available to, and then when you get married, because marriage is, makes things real. Marriage is like a magnifying glass. It reveals everything. And so you got through the wedding, you got through the first three or four months of the marriage, and now you stuck with a person where you are not confirmed. There's no con confirmation in your heart that that's the one for you. That's not a place you want to be in because now you're already married. There's probably nothing worse than being married to the wrong one and become aware that it's the wrong one after you done got married. So what I will say is trust God with it because you need God to confirm this person so that no matter what you guys face down the road, you are sure that it is who God has for you because God is in the midst. If God, if God did it, 
You don't have to worry about if 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 it's not for you. So it's not wise to make yourself available. God doesn't need your help for dating. You distracting you. You will be distracting yourself, making yourself available. And that time that you're using to make yourself available, whether it's online dating or whatever, is distracting you from developing yourself to be prepared for when the right one comes. Your hope has to be in God. You can't. You can't, your action should be from your hope in God, not in hopes to having something. Hope to help. What's up, Jay Diggs? What's up, family? Charlene Norris says, how do I listen to the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to him? Great question. Uh, first, you have to know that he's real. Secondly, you have to know that he's a person. Uh, and a person means that he is an individual, not I would say individual, but he is spirit. He's a person. He's an intelligence. He's he's God's spirit. And, 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 and that is basically um, your GPS, God's positioning system. He's the, he's, the, he's the person of the Godhead that's inside of you to guide you, to first point you to Christ, that, that who has already given you access to the Father. And, it, and it, it, the whole Godhead triune nature is, is, is positioned in a way to help guide the believer amongst their union, right? And, and so what you have to understand is that the best way to grow in sensitivity to him is to realize that he has what's best for you. He knows what's best for you and he knows how to make the best out of you. And when you know those three things and you will let it supernaturally happen, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit boils down to how often you desire to be still, how much you know it in the scriptures, because the more you know the word of God, the more you'll be able to spot things and, and the Holy Spirit will start bringing things to the surface of your mind because of what you play in your heart. Um, and when you know that that he is your guide in this toxic world, you will begin to see your need for him. See, it's, it's not about, oh, he's a cute, cuddly uh, comforter. No, he's 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 a commander. You see what I'm saying? He's 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 a person that knows how to navigate every situation. He is needed. I need him in these videos. I need him as a husband. I need him as a potential father. I need him. I need him. Oh, I need him now. Every minute, every hour, I need him. Every millisecond, every I need him because of how severe uh, 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 the times are and how uh, 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 um, much in a war that we are in, right? So you increase your sensitivity by knowing, by realizing that he has what's best for you. He knows what's best for you and he wants to make the best out of you. Secondly, you have to understand that you need him in everything. And then sensitivity boils or begins the more you begin acknowledge him. Holy Spirit, what you think about this? When you wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, lead me to all truth because I know that the truth will set me free. Holy Spirit, I, I release my life to you and remove all of the things that may grieve his work. See, there's a lot of things that hinder sensitivity. Music, uh, people, movies, TV, uh, habits, patterns, eating, uh, lack of exercise. There's a lot of things that hinders the sensitive little spirit. The better, the better the shape your body in, the more submit, the more sensitive you'll be. Now, what I mean by that is there's chemicals in food, the lack of exercise can clog you mentally. The the the, the habits you do will determine how much help you get from the Holy Spirit. What I mean, or how much um clear help you will see the Holy Spirit is offering. Because then you'll be able to you, clear mind, clear heart, clean life. When you do that, man, you'll begin to hear his voice clearer. You will be able to feel his guidance uh, uh, better and you will be able to recognize his leadership because you remove the people, the music, the movies, the shows, the patterns, the habits of, of things that 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 is, becomes louder than the Holy Spirit. Once you remove the noise, you'll be able to hear his voice. Hope to help.
Dianel Soto says, my friend is going through something and life is hitting her left and right and she's with Christ. And I'm just wondering why is God allowing all these bad things to happen to her? Thanks. Got no problem. I understand. Um, <clears throat> life is full of painful checkpoints. Uh, the pruning of God is, is interesting. Um, there's two things that I'm going to say about that. Number one, first you have to, two things I want you to understand. Number one, we have to ask ourselves, is this God's pruning? Or number two, is this the a result of her patterns, right? Some people are in this, this in the mess they're in because of their poor habits, poor patterns that you may not be that you may not be aware of. Now, if this thing's outside of her and she's walking with God and she's in Christ, this could be pruning. It could just be uh, um, a various various trials that she's going through. And and what you have to understand is that I've been, oh man, the, if, if you would have had a um, a front row seat of my life between 24 to about 27, you would think that I was about to leave here. You would have thought that, man, is Josh going to make it? That that part of the movie of my life, people would have been like, oh man, we about to lose Josh. We about to lose coach. But it was during that phase that those unique situations, those various trials pruned me into the man that I am now. And so it's like a, like a, a, um, a caterpillar in a cocoon. They said if you help the butterfly come out of the cocoon, it won't be able to fly. And so some things people are going through is because of God's pruning and secondly, or possibly because of their poor patterns, their poor habits. Now, if that person is in Christ, know that Christ is going to bring them through it. And there's no need for you to worry. Pray for them. Be available to them. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how you're supposed to engage with them. But don't worry about them um, because if they're in Christ and they're and they're walking in, in, in the newness of who they are in Christ, then it could just be pruning. It could just be polishing. It could just be preparing her to be who she needs to be. And, and life is going to hit us all. And it's only it's only through Christ we'll be able to navigate life's tough times. And so I know um, you may want to jump in and rescue, um, but be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how he uh, and how he wants you to play the part, the part that he wants you to play in her life as he prunes her. Um, and um, allowance is is one of those things that causes us to lose faith in God. God has the bigger picture. It doesn't matter what a person goes through. God knows all the dots that is connected to that particular situation. And you have to understand that God turns everything around for their good. And there's been people that went through even worse situations that she's been through that God has miraculously pulled out of, if only if you knew their story. So do not let, allow this to make you lose faith in God, but realize <clears throat> that God is sovereign. God is providential. God is all-knowing. He knows what's best for people. And it, it's not that he causes it, but some things he allows things so that he can allow those things to be used to work together for their good. Because if I didn't go through anything that I went through, I wouldn't have a story to tell. Uh, the only perfect story that helped people was Jesus' perfect life. Everybody else is perfection in the midst of imperfection that helps people who are currently in imperfections and needs a perfect one to pull them in, in, out of that place of imperfection. Hope to help. So don't lose hope in God, my friend. Nick Antoine says, how do I learn to be a man of prayer? I, I rather, uh, a man of prayer uh, uh, okay. My prayers usually are simple and between me and God, I really intercede for others. Gotcha, Nick. <clears throat> Great question, my friend. Um, prayer is a conversation. Uh, uh, um, conversation, communication increases 
uh, the clearer a person understands who they are in a companionship. Uh, I talk to God all the time and prayer doesn't always, prayer for me doesn't sound like, oh, heavenly father, the one that I don't get that deep. I don't get that spiritual. That's my friend. That's my father. You see what I'm saying? So I talk to him as, as, as I would talk with anyone that I'm close to because I know he's close to me. And so when you understand that prayer is a, a conversation a communication and that God through his spirit, like, like a, like a, um, like a, uh, Bluetooth, you see what I'm saying? Connecting you, uh, to him is, 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 is a great asset. And so what I do is first off prayer increases when you know who you're talking to prayer increases when you know that on the other line is a person, not a machine. So most people pray to God or talk to God as if he's a machine and not a person. They talk to him like he's, like he's some, uh, far away deity versus a father or a friend. And when you begin to become clear of who he is, then your communication thrives because you realize I can talk to him anytime. Like right now, when I get off this computer, uh, off this live feed, I'll probably go downstairs, get my bone broth, put it in the pot, cook my bone broth and talk to God when I'm downstairs. And and, and because I can talk to him anytime, that he's a, he's a friend that's just close to the brother. And so your prayer life increases when you know that the only other line is a person that, that has purpose for you, that, that loves you in a way that no other person can love you and, and, and you can't even comprehend in his love for you and who is ready to guide and love you like a father. And so that's how a man increased in prayer, knowing first off, I need him. And secondly, um, um, I need him, number one. And also that's my friend. I could talk to him about anything. God, that's funny, man. You see that? God, what you think about this? And, and when you begin to build a rapport with God, you'll begin to begin to see as you grow maturity to back and forth with him. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. And most of us go to God and never make time for him to speak back. God, leave me a voicemail with the answer. No, like it, it's a relationship. And so when the more you begin to realize it is a relationship, the more you will begin to see how real prayer is. And you will be a stronger man of faith because you'll be able to stand in every situation found in God, founded in, in he, who he is. And you will be able to say, I can call fire down from heaven. I can do this because I know my friend got me. I know my God got me because we're friends. There is nothing worse than being in a tough time and not know God. So no matter what tough time I come in, hey, devil man, hey, get my money back, bro. Hey, what you doing? What you doing around here? You know, you know I'm God's child. Like, no matter what situation I face, man, you know I can call fire down from heaven. Why do you think Elijah was so confident? He's confident because of his companionship. Like there's such a power that comes upon you when you know the person got your back. That's why I love being in him because no matter what I face, I know he's got me. That's my friend. That's my father, yo. I don't have to worry about nothing. And when that becomes your frame of mind, the fervency of your prayer increases. And and then then when you begin to recognize prayer, there's there's, uh, probably two books down or maybe one book down from the book that I'm working on. I'm working on a book on how to pray uh, and how to talk to God. And 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 what I what, what I want to say is that sometimes with prayer, we forget that our prayers can be self-centered. The more you begin to realize that God has already supplied your needs through Christ, according to his riches and glory, then you you open that you open your prayer time for other people. Because when I, if I already know God already got me from the prayer request I sent two days ago, two weeks ago, two years ago, I don't got to keep asking him every time I talk to him because I already know he's got me. Now I open up my time to pray and cover those that God has placed in my life to cover. And so I, uh, I'll probably probably do a video on prayer, but I, I'm working on a, oh man, I, I got four or five pages of points about how to talk to God and how to pray. And I, and I, and I, 
I can't wait to get that book out. Hope that helps. What I said, I hope that I hope that helps. Milk. Oh man, I scrolled all the way. Boy, y'all got a lot of questions, man. Man, this is humbling. Let me scroll all the way up. I got time. I got about 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes and I gotta go. So I'll probably go a little faster, but I won't go, I won't go beyond uh the level that you need in regards for teaching purposes. Milton says, peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. Quote from him. Oh, oh you, okay. You, you're encouraging people. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Christian under construction says, should you feel a different feeling of the Holy Spirit at home versus with other believers? I feel that I don't really feel the spirit when I'm worshiping by myself versus with others. Um, first off, you have to understand that uh, the Holy Spirit is deeper than feeling. And, and sometimes you, you feel, you have to understand when energy is in a room. When it's just your energy in a room, you're not going to feel as electric as you would energy of other people focusing on one thing. So when you're in a worship service, you're probably going to feel a little bit more goosebumps. You're going to feel a little bit more uh, whatever, but it's not the Holy Ghost per se. There may be moments where you feel the Holy Spirit that may be similar in feeling, but if you always compartmentalize the Holy Spirit into a feeling, then when you don't feel it, you'll think the Holy Spirit is not in it. Everything has a fact. Every feeling has a fact behind it. When you know who you are in Christ, like I don't have to feel the Holy Spirit right now. I know the Holy Spirit is there. I know the Holy Spirit is much more than a feeling. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is the uh, is, is also the entity inside of me that has a, a reservoir worth of knowledge and understanding that helps me to uh, be is solid even in the midst of emotions. Now, the reason why you feel more electric around other people because you're in a room full of energy and people's when people are focused on one thing and energy a, a feeling is conjured up you're going to feel something because you're feeling everybody's energy in a room you're feeling everybody's uh excitement in a room and it feels better it's like watching a game at home is different than watching a game in an arena when you're in an arena you have all this uh, uh, energy from people bouncing all over the place and there's more excitement than when you at home watch on the screen. And so, uh, so there is no difference in feeling the same Holy spirit that, 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 that quote unquote, you feel in an arena quote unquote is, is, is much more than a feeling. And so that's my advice to you. Don't, I used to be like that. Don't worry about that. I used to think the same way. All right, man, why I don't feel him right now. I don't feel the Holy spirit right now. I don't feel like tingles. I don't feel like whatever, but anytime you're in a room where people are connecting, that's when you feel feelings, right? You know what I'm saying? That's when you feel the byproduct of focus. See, feelings amongst people, feelings amongst fellow believers is, is, is the sense of connection because everyone's focused on one thing. You see what I'm saying? And so that builds a certain type of synergy between y'all. That's why he says if two or, two or three touching degree in anything, I'm there and miss. Um, and, um, because two is better than one, but when you by yourself, don't get, don't get caught up in feeling because then you'll feel like what you're doing at home is not the Holy ghost. Nah, it's deeper than that. That will explain to you why there's a difference. Um, and I hope that help. Kia J says, hello, if a man is godly, but I'm not attracted to him, should I overlook that? So I don't miss out on a good thing. Great question. Um, based on about attraction here, um, who God has for you is designed particularly to who you are and what you genuinely like. I don't believe in the whole idea that God's going to bless you with someone that is not aesthetically appealing to, to what you are the most attracted to. Now, attraction is not everything. We're not talking about uh, attraction is multi-level. Let me make this plain here. Attraction is multi-level. 
there has to be a spiritual, uh, uh, physical, and um, purposeful attraction, right? Uh, let's break it down. I forgot what I said. Spiritual, spiritual, physical, purposeful. Spiritual, physical, purposeful. Attraction, the physical attraction of a person is what's going to draw you to that person. And God knows that. So whoever God has for you, you will, they will catch your eye. God is not going to bring someone that you don't want to look at. So the first step of attraction is physical. As the Holy Spirit continues to lead that relationship, then it will become uh, spiritual. No, it becomes purposeful. After it becomes purposeful, as y'all get married and become one flesh, it becomes spiritual. So physical, hold on, physical, purposeful, spiritual. Because it's going to... And what I mean by that, over time, the physical won't be the what, the physical attraction. What draws you to the person? The purposeful part of it is what bonds you to that person, and what makes you one flesh is the spiritual, and that happens after you get married. So to make it plain is is that you may be drawn by the physicalness, but the power in the purpose and the power of the spiritual connection will cause you to stay connected to that person even as the physical may wane. See what I'm saying? The physical part is what draws you in the beginning, but physical stuff wanes. You see what I'm saying? She's not going to always uh, look the same. He's not going to always look the same, but that's what drew you to them first. But what keeps you with them beyond, uh, because what if she gets sick or what if something happens or what if whatever, it's, the physical is no longer the, the, the dominant one or the one that is the strongest. It is the purpose and the spiritual component. So the physical is what's going to draw you to that person. That's obvious. So what I'm saying is this gentleman may be a godly man, but but if you really deep down inside, now if you got if your list is this long, the, oh, he's one inch off as far as height, and now you don't like him, or he's this or that. Now, if it's superficial things, like, like oh, his eyebrows got to be perfect, or, oh, that forehead too big, I, I can't do that. Then you might be doing too much. But if you if that person just deep down inside, you look at them and say, you know what? I'm really like if you go to God and you be like, God, like I, I really am not attracted, then you're not going to miss out. Um, so don't worry about that. And so I hope that physical, purposeful and spiritual made sense. The physical, the physical is what's going to draw you to them. The purposeful part is what's going to make you excited about them. And the spiritual is what's going to really connect you with them. Um, but physical way, phys the physical part of a person, it wanes over time. It's the purpose. And the spiritual that keeps you bonded to that person when y'all 80 and wrinkled and gray. You see what I'm saying? Uh, but God's not going to give you someone that you deep down don't can't look at. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to do it like that. He's an artist. People don't forget that. Don't forget that he's an artist. He knows how to make a person the way you like them because he knows what you like. Because he's placed inside of you what he like. Because what you like is according to his purpose and, and, and all that good stuff. Hope that helps. So don't worry about missing out because just because you meet a good person doesn't mean you settle. You can meet a good person, not settle. You got to make sure that's God's person for you. All right. Lizzie Lewis says, don't be in a place where you can fall into temptation with your child's father. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. That's right. Meeting pup. There you go. Thank you, Lizzie Lewis. That's real. Don't be the fact that the reason that you fail is because you, you fell in a place where you can't fall. If you in the middle of Starbucks and y'all doing that in the middle of Starbucks, then y'all y'all got something beyond that I can ever come here. But if you do not meet him in a place and men know how to do that, come on, men knows that women are emotional and men knows that a lot of men believe they can always go back to the garden and use the 10. And that's why you got to make sure you realize you got to put an end to his 
to his position of tending that garden because that garden is no longer his. That garden wasn't his from the beginning. And, and so you got to be very careful that you don't allow uh, uh, someone to go back to a familiar place with you. The best way to do it is to set boundaries where stuff can't happen, which means, hey, well, we meet somewhere for you to pick up your son. Uh, we do this and do that so that you don't get into all, all that kind of stuff like that. Hope to help. Great. I'm glad you said it, Lizzie Lewis. Do spirit spouses enter through a sexual sin, even though I repented? Oh, y'all still, okay, y'all talking to each other. Okay, let me keep going. Oh, I got two more minutes. Ms. Henderson says, I don't want to jack up your last name, first name. What does it mean to walk in close fellowship with, with you, God? Like Noah, Job, Abraham, Enoch, what do they do? I want to do it too. Great question. First off, the good thing is well, what you say, you have a heart that wants to do that. Right. Uh, my, my, my philosophy has always been I want to be I want to be so close to God. He thinks about taking me like Enoch. That's that's how I always think I want to be. I want to be God's best friend. Down here. Now, how does one do that? It's realizing, am I friendly? Am I am I a friend? Uh, uh, what do what is my understanding of friendship? Um, um, do I understand God as a person? Um, do I understand that there are burdens on his heart that he wants me to bear um, that will build a closeness between our two so we can continue to stay in partnership with each other as we fulfill this purpose? Um, each one of those men that you name, they had a big purpose. And so they needed a big God. Um, but it doesn't matter how small or big your purpose is. God wants to be that friend of you. It's, it all boils down to idolatry. Idol idols get in the way of our intimacy with God. So you have to look at your heart and say, is there anything in me that wants to be with that than being with God? There's nothing on this planet in my life that I want to be closer to than God. Nothing. Not, not, not even my own wife. I, I mean, I, I love my wife, but God, I mean, God is, is just that amazing. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and when you begin to become aware of who he is and what he wants to do through you, that bond would get strong. Me and God, we tight, yo, man. I mean, we tight and 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 it all boils down to I have nothing in this world that I like more than him, that I love. There's nothing. There's nothing. You see what I'm saying? Because he's the source for me to be able to be a source or resource for everything else. And so how does one walk close with God is to get to know him, get to know him, get to know what he wants you to do and 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 be distracted with him. You see what I'm saying? And, and I'm telling you, when you remove all the excess stuff. Man, you'll be successful. And, and that's what it is. What did they do? They had nothing else up to do but to serve God. That's what they did. God, here I am. The best ability is availability. God doesn't care how, who can preach better than me. God, I mean, God doesn't care who can preach better, who can teach better, who can do whatever you do better. All he cares about, are you available? And if you make yourself available, you will begin to see what's beyond the veil that most people never reach or, or, or accomplish due to being distracted by the idolatry. I love y'all. I got to go. Uh, I got to go, y'all. 45 minutes and it's 11 o'clock tonight. Love you. Y'all be blessed. I hope this live Q&A was a blessing. Um, all my resources online, The Purpose of Freedom, a book on soul ties and stronghold. I am unplugged.com is where all my books are. Dating preps, a book on how to date yourself and the love of your life forever. It's got questions inside there to help you kind of navigate whether or not this person is the one for you. And I also have a card game that goes with it called Dating Prep, three levels, this uh, cloud phase, the cement phase, the corporation phase, uh, questions that on every every stage of relationship and beyond. Also got another card game called Memory Muscle that, that basically goes with my Purpose of Freedom book. And My goal is to get them all on Amazon together. All my books are on Amazon, but my card game is a separate place. The game is called Memory Muscle. 
It's uh, building your muscle memory in regards to memorizing scripture in a fun way that you can do by yourself or with friends. Um, I have my books, uh, World War Me on spiritual warfare. What, one, the, one of the best things about this book is it has scripts on the back in topic in topic order, help you really process what you're going through. Also, uh, my book, uh, first book I ever wrote called Unplug, um, how to unplug from the world and plug into God. And last but not least, the book, uh, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? Um, a book for those who want to maximize their singleness and become whole in their marriage or relationship or in life. So hope those books, six books, um, two card games, um, one-on-one coaching. I forgot to be mentioning that. I am doing one-on-one coaching. Just give me some time as I navigate um, this new season in regards to working at a school and all that good stuff. Uh, what else I got? Uh, if you want to give the support what I do, you can online um, um, and all that good stuff. Love y'all. Got to go. Y'all be blessed. Um, probably see y'all tomorrow. Y'all be blessed. Y'all stay in faith in God. God's got us all. Um, don't lose hope in him as the world is going through what it's going through. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.